All right, welcome back to the Hit Factor. We have a bit of a skeleton crew tonight. Um, it is just Jeff and myself, Jeremy. Sasquatch said he was tied up, uh, tied up. and couldn't Physically. make it. And he's, I asked him if that meant literally, and he said yes. So I don't know what Sasquatch is doing. We're recording at like 9.30 at night, so what he's tied up with, but... I guess you can send him a private message and ask him for further details on that. Uh, we do, we do got to apologize. We missed, we missed one episode. I think Jeff already talked about it in the previous one. We missed one episode, and then this episode's gonna be late. Uh, the episode we missed, we actually did record, but it was too spicy for public viewing is or listening. Uh, so we have a hidden episode that I guess. Mm-hmm. We'll just be hidden because it's too spicy. We should then, find a way. We should find a way to like secretly release it. Like yeah, leave breadcrumbs somewhere people can find it. That would be dark, that would be awesome. We need to ask. Web. Yeah, ask why if he can do that. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, and then this one's a bit late. Uh, I had my second kid. Well, I didn't have it. Uh, my wife did, and so we. Were, I was a little bit bu- preoccupied last week to try and record something. So I know you guys feel like y'all should be first priority, but uh, the kid had to get first priority. Everything's good with that. Wife's good. Kid's good. Uh, we're all healthy, and and that's that's good. Actually, getting a decent amount of sleep, which is also good. Yeah, uh, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, but we are finally like getting warm spring days around here after the blizzard apocalypse that hit Texas. I guess Oklahoma got it. I mean, I guess pretty much like all of Central America, Central United States got it, I think. But we're finally getting some warm weather. So that means training has actually fired back up a little bit. And Jeff has actually even gone so far as to shoot a match. Uh, Yeah. So how'd that go? How has like what was, how has your approach been to start this season? You're you've got an all new division that you're shooting, uh, yeah. new equipment to get dialed in. Uh, so how's that been? Uh, it's been great. I I wanted to go shoot a match to sort of see where I was at. I don't know. It's like the first. The first match of uh, the year, whether it's club match or whatever, I always have like this this fear of how much ground I've lost in the off season. Yeah. So it's like I need to go shoot something to see where I'm at, and it it seems like uh, I'm always pleasantly surprised. Uh, you know, I haven't been doing this terribly long to to figure out exactly how i like my whole off season and everything to be yet mm-hmm. so it's just like i do it different every year but this was a long off season like i shot area four in september and i didn't shoot anything until this last weekend so long off season yeah uh but yeah i mean i showed up friggin shot great gun i'm shooting a canic Mechanic shot amazing, except for the first stage where I had put too light of a striker spring in it. But once I got that changed out, ran great. 
yeah, and I just uh, feeling awesome. So, and shooting like kind of refocuses you and like gives you motivation. It's kind of like when you shoot when you shoot uh, a major, you know. It's like when you get back, or I know for me, it's like for a couple of days, I'm pretty much useless. That's all I can think about is is shooting uh, when yeah. I get back when I get back from a major. So. Yeah, just getting out, shooting a match helps me kind of get focused with with training a bit more. So since then, my dry fire has gotten a bit more, uh, I guess, intensive, I guess. Yeah, because before then, it's just been a lot of like standing, drawing, sidestepping kind of stuff. So, but yeah. since I shot the match, I started doing a, a bit more movement and mixed skills in. So... So yeah, did you did great. you do any live fire before you shot the match? Yeah. I went out and shot like six five or six dot drills with the gun to make sure it ran. Yeah. And I had one light strike during that and I was like, okay. So I put that bullet, that light strike back in the gun and I hit it again and it still didn't go off. So I was like, okay, well maybe it's just a bad primer. Yeah. And that was that was the only one. And then first stage when I got to the match, I had three <laughs> three light strikes. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I guess that's too light. So you're the only live fire you did was six dot drills, thirty six rounds? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He went surprisingly well. Is that just the power of the turkey gun? It is. It's the power of the turkey gun. It's just that it's just that good. Dude, that gun shoots good. It yeah. But I was also wearing my my fancy new sunglasses, my Hunter's HD that I got off the prize table at uh-huh. Area 4. So, that's the first time I've shot with those too, other than the six dot drills. So, did you feel that like I mean, you could noticeably tell a difference wearing those versus your old ones? Dude, it's it's hard to tell because it's the first time I've shot this gun. Everything's new. Yeah, everything's new. It's like which thing am I queuing off of? Which thing is really working good? Is it the gun? Is it my is it how this gun fits my hands? Uh or is it these sunglasses that keep me dialed in? Minor I don't power know. factor. Yeah, or is it minor power factor? Exactly. I don't know. But everything was clicking and working really good. And I was shooting good and putting shots where I wanted them and yeah, everything went amazing. So, so when you're at know. the match, was there like, did you have any sort of expectations at the match, or what was your like, what was your approach to it? I'm just gonna burn everything down and see, like, see what happens, or no, I take just, it slow. Yeah, I just shot like at a comfortable pace. Oh, I didn't try to do anything crazy. I was mainly worried about just like gun handling and getting through the match. Without looking stupid, but it handled awesome. Unfortunately, you have that face on your head, and that yeah precludes that happening. <laughs> so, yeah, it went sweet. I'm stoked because yeah, the gun just it loaded good and shot good and tracked well. And I saw everything. The only thing that uh, that I know was from taking time off. Is everything felt like a bit delayed? It's like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be moving now. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to be transitioning now. It's like you're just like 
that you know quarter of a second behind on everything yeah that when you're tuned in and you've been shooting all season you know you're ripping and popping and and you're on top of things and yeah so i was probably a bit slow in regards to all that but uh just that's just not being having not shot in a while being out of tune with the pace things are supposed to happen at yeah i find it interesting that you kind of it sounds like you kind of naturally self-regulate on your speed like as far as like you just kind of like you kind of sounds like you kind of naturally just you're not able to to do things quite a quite as fast as what you can what you normally do and so you kind of just naturally slow down whereas like when i am super fr- like haven't you know coming off saw uh off season or a long time off like my first time back trying to shoot and stuff is just like everything is ru- like i just like rush everything like just yeah like shooting shots at steel when you literally never even see the front sight and you're just like banging like three four shots at it and <laughs> hopefully to like lucky and hit one and like never waiting for a sight to get the center of a target just kind of see a sight and pulling the trigger banging it twice and that's tend to like to me that's tend to how my like if i was to just go shoot a match like that like that's how that would go yeah. uh so that's kind of interesting that you naturally self-regulate like that. I guess. So I I got out. I have I am officially about eighty rounds into my season. Uh, I got out for one live fire session, and uh, it was kind of interesting. I mean, for me, that's a incredibly small amount of ammo to shoot in one session. Like I yeah. I told my wife I was leaving to go shoot, and then I got back. Like not very long later, she's like, oh, that was quick. Later. Yeah. Like, that was real quick. It's like, yeah, well, I don't have my press up and running yet, so I don't have a ton of ammo uh available. I was kind of just scrimping the bottom of the bullet, but um I just set up a couple targets and a piece of steel and just kind of ran through a couple drills. And you know, it was it was actually a I thought a really valuable uh first session back. One, because same same thing as you jeff like when i haven't shot in a while like the longer you go without shooting your motivation kind of almost seems to keep draining down at least that is for me it's like i can i can find myself getting into other stuff like as i'm if i'm not doing it then i look for something else to do um so getting back on the range and doing some dry fire and stuff like that uh, definitely amps up that motivation. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I do want to work hard on this and be good at this. Um, so for me, my simple my simple takeaway from mine was actually just to be still. Uh, like whenever I'm, and that's kind of something I always struggle with. But as I'm shooting, uh, like as I'm shooting a target, try to be as still as possible. Like focus on not moving the gun around, not pumping the gun, not doing anything like that. Um, yeah. And by limiting myself to only 80 rounds, you know, I'd only get like a, you know, I'd do like a five round drill and only get like a couple of runs at it. So I did a lot more dry fire on the range than I normally do. Um, but it was real. it really put the pressure on. It's like, be still. And it's like, okay, you've got, you weren't, you didn't do it on the first two times you tried this drill. You only got one more run at it. So you better do it now. Um, yeah. And that was a, that was a pretty good impetus for me to, to kind of perform at a 
push myself to try and perform at a little bit higher level, a little bit faster, which is cool. Um, so hmm. I enjoyed that. I actually intend to, I mean, there, there is a little bit of ammo shortage, but I could, if I absolutely had to, I could shoot as much as I normally do. Um, but with two kids now and I've have a feeling time to train is going to be a little bit more restricted. So I, I plan on having some more like 50 round range sessions. Uh, I'm lucky that I can just pop down to the range real quick and yeah. do that. That's, you know, that's really important. But whereas in the past it might be a 250, 300 round session, I'm going to try and incorporate more of these 50 round sessions, just more of as a, a skills check than a trying to, have a long session and I'm, I'm kind of interested in how that, uh, how that will, I think it'll be good. Uh, I'll just put it that way. I think that'll be, I think there will be a lot of value in some smaller sessions where it's like, okay, you have to perform now and you don't get a bunch of, you don't get a bunch of tries at it. Right. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Yeah. All right. So I guess we've got a match coming up. We've got Ozark Classics uh, coming up here in a couple weeks, so that's going to be a throwdown. It should be fun. I don't. Do we have a hotel? No. Okay, great. Jeff was in charge <laughs> of getting the hotels, uh, <laughs> and we'll see. I may have to sleep in the back of my truck. Uh, well, we'll you won't sleep. You won't have to sleep there alone. So. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> At least I won't. I won't freeze. Glad to know that. Yeah, so that match is twenty uh, seventh, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I close. We close on our new house on the nineteenth, so I think I might be moving the week before that match. Not really sure exactly when we're going to move in, but that's when we close. So that's going to be a busy week. You'll be real prepared. Yeah, that'll be fun if the weather is nice. We're gonna. We're just gonna plan on the weather being nice. It'll be. It'll be fun. It'll be good to get back. Uh, have a match with the guys, and yeah, we've got a good squad for it. So it'll be fun to get back and shoot and just, just have some fun. Really. Yeah, that's it. That's that's. We'll kick off. We'll kick off our major match season, end of this month. Uh, oh, also predictions between you and I mean you and Sasquatch are both shooting production. Uh, so do we have predictions on who's winning? I mean, I think I'm gonna win. But you got it like five percent. What do you think you're gonna get them by? Mm, yeah, I'll take five percent. Wow. Okay, Jeff's coming in. Sasquatch. I don't know if Sasquatch gets out of his being tied up thing. I don't know if that's a permanent thing or what. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, then we'll see what Sasquatch has to say about it. Uh, I'm yeah. going to mm, Jeff's brand new division. He's going to have just moved his house. Uh, Sasquatch from what Sasquatch has told us, he's shooting really well. Uh, his gun handling is going really well and he's actually training like legit training. So mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to take Sasquatch, uh, but I'm going to take the under on 3% between you guys. Under 3%? Yeah. I'll go 3.5%. That way that gives me. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to take the under on 3.5. All right. Okay. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I won't really get to practice much, but 
I just felt really good shooting that last match. So why not? Why not? You might as well be confident. Yeah. All right. Something that the else that we have going on in USPSA is there have been some rules. I don't know. Do we call it changes or just modifications? I don't know what you call it. Uh, the USPSA board and president have decided that the sport was inadequate as was. So they needed to make some changes to it. So Jeff, how do you feel about all these changes that we got coming about? Let's, uh, let's start with, uh, let's walk through the changes. Let's start with like what we think is the most insignificant change and work up to the change that we think is most all right. Significant. What so, do you think is the most insignificant? Most insignificant would be, hold on, I'm looking at them right now. Probably the single stack ruling. So the single stack ruling is that the weight limit in single stack has gone from 43 ounces to 45 ounces overall yeah. weight limit. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's going to affect much. Obviously, people might, you know, throw some different grips or a different magwell on or something that they couldn't use before because they put their gun over the weight. Uh, but other than that, I don't, I don't think it will affect much. It's not going to affect who's winning. I just don't think it'll matter much. Uh, so I mean, now since Jeff is no longer, obviously Jeff doesn't care about it. He doesn't shoot single stack anymore. So why would he care? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I have a little bit different take on that in that uh, I have four guns that meet the 43-ounce weight limit, and yeah. now the perception is to be competitive, I need four new guns to meet the 45-ounce weight limit. Um, and the problem with that is is that in order to get these guns to 43 ounces, I had to take more material out of the slide than I would want to through tri-top and stuff like take a heavier tri top than I would want to, to do so, um, which weakens the slide. And so like if there had been a 45 ounce weight, limit, I wouldn't have had to, I could have just left the slide as is and not done anything. Right. Um, but you don't, you don't have to have those two extra ounces to be competitive. Like the people winning aren't going to come in with different guns this year or next year. Because, uh, I bet you Rob Latham does. Yeah, but he's, well, he did win last year. <laughs> Can't say that. Yeah. Tough to say that at that point. Why why do you think he will? Cause he will he will give himself absolutely every advantage, whether it's only a perception of advantage or not. Um, even if that just makes even if he doesn't believe it to be advantage, if it makes his competitor look at him and think, Oh, he's got two more ounces, so you're shooting forty major out of a single stat gun. Um yeah. like then, yeah, those two ounces actually can make quite a bit of difference uh, in in recoil at that point. Um, I think they, I think they could, but I just don't think it's going to be that make make that big a difference. Okay, so then why do guns, it? Guns already have big heavy dust covers and everything. Like they're taking the weight out of the slides, and everybody wants a light slide and a heavy dust cover anyway. Yeah, but okay. Then I mean, if it makes no difference, then why do it? Well, apparently they did it because of nine millimeter guns, which have thicker barrels and are heavier, I guess. Yeah. So if you take a nine millimeter with a, a railed nine millimeter with a regular yeah. barrel 
um, and a traditional slide, then it will probably be overweight. Okay. Um, it, especially with a full length guide rod. But if you went to a if you went to a traditional guide rod, you'd probably be I don't know. You'd be close. I I haven't done a lot of just stock factory guns. I haven't weighed a lot of factory guns to see. But I think my I mean, gun my gun was like forty one ounces and change. I think. Yeah, you had a regular dust cover. You didn't have a railed dust cover. Right. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't feel like that was a disadvantage or anything. Um. But so that I mean, like, it's just to me, it's like why change it? Like this has been like this has been a steady rule. Everybody that's in the sport. Ha- that has equipment has equipment that meets this rule. So yeah. there is no like why change it? Like single stacks kind of was it's kind of like I mean they set it up. I mean it was set up as like kind of OG rules. Like this is the OG I don't like saying OG over so I'm not going to say that over and over again, but like this is like the 43 ounces fits a standard 1911 45. Yeah. And then anything that you want to do un Anything that you want to do within that is fine and legal, but that's that's kind of what the sport represents is a Knights 11 and 45. Now, if you want to game it and do something else, you can, but you still need to fit these parameters. And I think that's a little bit of what is supposed to be like the point of these divisions is there are divisions that make a separation in the divisions uh, and make a separation of the guns that you can and cannot use. And I, yeah. I just... it. it it baffles well okay so so that's the single stack stuff most people won't yeah. care because most people aren't going to shoot single stack uh and it i mean I do, it didn't it doesn't outlaw do any guns but yeah i it, do agree that it, it, it was dumb like single stack's been around a while it's been 43 ounces a while they've been making nine millimeter single stacks for a while I, yeah i don't i don't yeah. really understand why the two ounce bump because yeah, I don't really understand why. Like, so. do they really think you're going to get more single stack participation by moving the weight limit up? I mean, so I don't, that's, that's the, to me, one of the most frustrating things with their rulings here is that like they just make these rulings and there's seemingly n- no input from competitors within the sport. Uh, but there's also almost yeah. no justification given for these rulings. It's just like, they yeah. they smack their hammer on their gavel or whatever and say, okay, new rules for our sport. We're going to change the goalpost. Here you go. Uh, and there's no justification given for it. Um, and yeah, the, it's just kind of like all speculation. It's like, yeah. Yeah, this, this might do something by yeah. my personal way of logic. Let's change it. Exactly. I, I mean, like, you're not getting, like, if single, I guarantee you single stack participation is not going to go up because they bumped the limit from, 43 to 45 ounces. I almost also almost guarantee, except for maybe the DNROI, who obviously can't pay attention enough to his own guns to not get bumped to open at yeah. single stack nationals. Uh, you're not going to see any fewer people get bumped to open because their guns are overweight, in my opinion, because people are going to still push that boundary. They're still going to, they're going to go out and buy a, now a nine millimeter. That's a rail nine millimeter that, and push it to, to the 45 ounce limit and they're going to put a heavier grip on it or something and not pay attention and it goes overweight. Like they're still going to get bumped to open. Like it, you've just moved, you just moved the marker is all you did. You didn't actually do yeah. anything. Yep. Um, okay. So moving on, what's the next rule that you think is 
it this one's it's kind of tough because the next three are I feel either are significant or have potential to be very significant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's just start with the magnet. You can use a magnet. Uh, I don't care. I mean, to me that whatever, like that's fine. To me, I would rather see them make a ruling that like you can't force a competitor to have to stow a mag. Uh, to, so that there's no use for it. I would rather I'd rather be no use for a magnet than than I'd be basically required to have a magnet because some stupid stage designer is going to force me to sit on the clock and stow mags. That would be my take on it. But otherwise, yeah, I don't care? agree. I, don't I, I like having all the the weird table starts and stowing mags and stuff. I think it's interesting to me. Well, you're homeschooled but, in Oklahoma, so obviously, yes, but. Like, if you can have a magnet, you're going to have to have a magnet now. Uh, yeah. that That's how that is significant, is if there is a stage where you have to stow, you are going to have to have a magnet, because whoever has one is going to be faster than you. Yeah, now I'm sitting here one. I hadn't, hadn't given the magnet much thought. Do I need to put, like, four magnets across the front of my belt so that I can stow four mags in four different spots? Is yeah, that how that know. needs to work for single stack? And produ- yeah. you got to do the same thing for production. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't thought about how I'm going to incorporate a magnet yet, but that that will be significant. You will have to have a magnet, or someone with a magnet will be faster on that stage than you. Yeah, yeah. If it's a dumb stage, you're going to need a magnet. Yeah. So that's pretty significant. That's uh, that's what we call a game changer. So yeah, and that's I, and that seems like a bit of a lot of what. All of these rules, and maybe we'll maybe, well, let, yeah. Let's just oh, let's move on. We'll we'll get to the we'll kind of do our conclusions at the end. Okay. So next one is um, that you can have your equipment in production. And I guess in any division, right? You can have your equipment inside hip bones. Yeah. What do you think so about you, that? You can you can move your holster up. Uh, you could carry appendix. You can move your magazines over, like where where open shooters put them. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not moving my stuff. Not right now. So it's, I mean, that's fine. I'm the most efficient right now with where my stuff is. If I change it, I'll just be like trying to catch up. Uh, I like my stuff where it's at. So I probably won't move mine. I guess I feel like this might be less significant than the magnet. I mean, I don't know. This one just kind of seems dumb like i mean it i don't like i mean i guess someone i appreciate that i'm not gonna have ro's coming by and like feeling my hip bones say like oh where's your hip bone at and and making sure your holsters like there's yeah. there's some a bit of an appreciation for that fact um but yeah. at the you know and and i'm i may move my mag pouches a little bit because by being able to move them forward a bit then i my fourth and fifth pouches aren't quite as far around I me mean, for skinny guys uh, that, that, you know, could be a bit advantageous, but I do feel like, and maybe it's just, maybe it's just my own perception is maybe, maybe false, but I feel like, you know, having to have the gun in a traditional position, maybe we can just say that like, like in a, a traditional position, it seems like it's, that's more along the lines of kind of like a legit non, not quite gamer setup um which kind of is what production and single stack and 
those divisions have been. Um, and maybe that's just my perception of it. Uh, you know, it seems like what they're wanting to do with this is the appendix carry is they're they're wanting to people that want to appendix carry, uh, they want to allow them to be able to shoot in divisions that seem appropriate for the guns that they are appendix carrying. Um, I just like it, it, I don't buy that as something that's going to grow participation in the sport. Like if, like if that was your barrier to entry is that, Oh, I only carry an appendix and yes, I can shoot the match, but I can't shoot the match in production. So what are they going to do? Appendix carry and then have four mag pouches on their belt. Like, I don't, I don't see that happening. Uh, so like, I just, I just don't buy that as a, as a viable option. The people that are doing that, they'll come and shoot open at one or two matches, local matches a year. And then they're going on to something else. Um, I just don't, I don't really buy that. Uh, I don't, I don't know that I get this might be, I don't know. It's just a weird, it's just a weird change. It's like, okay, all of a sudden everybody, everybody in production, everybody in single stacks, all of a sudden, Okay, your belt holster is probably got it going to change a little bit. Because uh, I mean, yeah. like, so in production, I mean, single stack now. In the past, your uh, the front strap on your grip had to be above your belt. Yeah. I believe now that is no longer a rule. So then, most people, yeah. it's going to be a little bit more advantageous to have the gun a little bit lower. Um, it's a little bit easier on the draw to get that gun if it's if it's a little bit lower. It's a little bit faster usually for most people. Yeah. Um, yep. And so then there's, you know, there's that change and stuff, which is like, okay, no big deal necessarily to make that change, but it's like, okay, now I got to change it. <laughs> uh, I mean, you don't have to, but. Yeah. So uh, in the ruling here, they put that uh, the, one of the purposes of this rule was the goal is to make the process easier for members to understand and less subjectively enforced. So, like, I, I kind of get that, but it's also like it can be super objectively enforced too. Like with the dowel rod across the hip bones, super easy to enforce. Uh, so I don't, I don't fully follow that logic that they're subjectively enforcing equipment behind the hip bones when it doesn't have to be. But yeah, okay. I mean, I've been shooting. I mean, I've been shooting this sport for. Quite a while. I mean, I've been involved in this sport at a pretty high level um, for quite a while. And I've seen a couple of times where an RO would come to somebody and be like, yeah, and your gun doesn't seem to be in the right spot. And sometimes it, it was it was not – it was inappropriate. And I've, I think I've been approached a couple of times uh, and somebody would be like, hey, where are your hips at? Uh, and, you know, trying to look at it. It's like it just wasn't – it wasn't that big a deal. Um, because yeah, usually but, but on a that's call where you like get that, the subjectivity, right? Is if someone's like, eh, that looks wrong." Like that—that's a subjective judgment. It, I mean, it is, but it's like it's not an automatic bump to open. It was, you know, it was like, "Okay, fix it." Yeah. Um, and you and you you fixed it. Uh, and no big. It, I don't. To me, it just wasn't. It wasn't a huge deal. And that's like coming from being a skinny person, like. It looks like 
I mean, my hips are all the way at the front of my, like I don't have a lot in front of my hips necessarily. So it doesn't, it looks like my gun and mag pouches are for it. So if somebody's going to get popped for it, I would be kind of that person other than a, maybe a girl. Uh, I would be a person that would get popped for that worse than a lot of other people. And it just wasn't, wasn't a big issue. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't ever really worry about it because I always tested it before I left the house. I would just get uh, yeah. a metal pipe or a rod and I'd stick it on the front of my hip bones and make sure my gun and my mag pouches were behind it with the with the rod resting on the front of my, my hip bones. Yeah. Uh, so I figured if someone called me out, I'd just tell them to get a dowel rod and check me. But yeah. 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 I, I don't it know. just, it wasn't that big. It, to me, it wasn't that big a deal. Um, I, I, it seems like they're trying to make the sport so that like literally anybody, like you don't need any sort of certification to RO it. It just, you can have just some clown up the street because we're just going to get rid of all the rules. Everything's permissible. Yeah. The, the lines between divisions are becoming blurred. I agree. Yeah. Um, all right. So that is that rule and the final. And I'm not saying it right now is the most significant, but it does have the potential uh, if if things evolve to be the most significant rule change. And that would be the ability to attach a light or a yeah a weapon mounted light on any pistol in any division right yeah yeah so there's your two ounces right there that's there's your two ounces in in single stacks somebody's gonna yeah. strap a two ounce light on which means I gotta go get new holsters and all that. I gotta buy a right. light I gotta go get new holsters uh yeah no this is the this is the I think probably the the one where they really stepped in it the most uh this is this is the dumbest one what do you think of this rule Okay, so right now, I'm not I'm not too worried about it. Other than I think it's dumb. Uh, but as far as like competitively, I'm not too worried about it. Uh, but it will become worrisome if it does prove to like be a significant advantage to have a light, and. Like it's gonna make people shoot better because it's heavier, and you have a light. If if uh, you know you have to shoot late into the evening and the targets are darker, and you can have a light, or you have a dark house, you can have a light, whatever. Uh, and I know they can they can write it into the strip description, right? But I mean that's another huge issue because we already have so many things that have to be in the stage description that get left out anyway, uh -huh. uh, and they have to be modified constantly. So it's. It's ridiculous to to put something like this in there that makes it more work on the people that are designing stages and whatnot, that they have something else they have to write into the descriptions. Uh, so that part of it, I think, is dumb. But yeah, I'm not worried about it right now too much. But if it does come to the point where, uh, you know, half of the people in the super squad are are shooting with with lights and it's proving to be an advantage then that's that's the direction we're going you're gonna have to have one uh right now we're not there but it could go there so i think the only thing that would probably keep it from having like a majority of super squad people having it at this year's nationals one this year's production nationals are in may uh and so like it's just not enough time for most people to get holsters get like 
get all the gear, get it all figured out and have it sorted uh, in the next two months. But I would guess by 2022 nationals, you're going to see most of the super squad with, with lights. I could be wrong on that. um, But this is, this is the one that's the most ridiculous. Yeah. Because they passed this rule, not thinking competitively. Right. So like this rule was for the Timmies pretty much. It's like, you know, the Timmies were like, yeah, I carry, I carry with a light. So why can't I shoot it in this without being bumped to open? And, uh, so they passed this rule to let them, but it, it just, to me, this is what's so frustrating is it speaks a lot to the organization that they didn't think about what it was going to do to the competitive side of the sport when they did this. And I get, it just doesn't seem like they thought about that at all. All they were thinking about was the tactical guys or the Timmies or whoever that wanted to play with their weapons mounted light. That's great. That's fine. But to me, this is a competitive sport. And I know, I know in the USPSA, it's practical shooting, but me personally, this is competitive shooting. And, uh, so that, that frustrates me that the organization thinks about this, thinks about it this way, that, they're more concerned with that than they are. Uh, like they're thinking about that first rather than thinking about the competitive side of the sport first. Uh, yeah, that's really frustrating to me. Yeah, so I mean as far as just the the weapons mounted light, uh, it's. I think it's going to almost become a requirement uh, because there are going to be, you're going to end up now that you now that stage designers can that all the competitors have weapons mounted light available to them, why can't stage designers have shoot houses, have dark stages, um, have stages like that? Which you can, yeah, you could. They can offer you a, a handheld light that you can use, or you can use a weapon mounted light. Well, yeah. at that point, I mean, as as soon as one match in the country does that, then it becomes a requirement that you have a light on your gun. Yeah, if you want to be competitive. If you want to be competitive, you're going to be it will be a requirement to have a gun, a light on your gun. And you look at the there's a shoot house in Florida, uh there was one in Utah before I mean that range is I think basically gone as far as hosting big matches. I don't I could be wrong on that, but they've, you know, they've completely redone that range and I don't I don't know that it's I've heard that it's not set up to in a way that's viable for major matches. I could be wrong on that. Um, but like, you're going to see that stuff. You're going to see, you know, you see matches that start super early or matches that end up running late at night and it's low light and Hey, I've got a light that I can turn on. Sure. That'll be easy. Uh, if you guys haven't seen, uh, Cody Axon's video on, you know, these super high powered lights that people can put on their guns, uh, and you can focus the beam. You're going to see, I think you're going to see people come out with lights that have super focused beams that within 10 yards, they can basically just shoot off the light, even though they're in an iron sight division. They could just look at the light on the target. Right. It'll just be like a, a laser. Yep. Basically. It'll be and you know, and so what is the obviously lasers are only allowed in PCC, but what's the difference in a laser and a light? I mean, like where like at what point does it become a laser and what point does it is it a light? Right. If you know that's not defined. 
and so they like they they think that they're making all their other roles seem to be trying to make the the rule book easier to enforce because heaven forbid we actually have a rules official who knows how to, knows the rules and knows how to enforce them. Um, but this is just made everything way more confusing, uh, in my opinion. It obviously the fifty nine ounce rule for production was a precursor to this. Like obviously they needed to have that 59 ounce rule so that they could allow lights uh, that that wouldn't have worked without this, without that. Um, Yeah. I just, you know, the next step is just going to be weight because you're going to have somebody show up to a match and they're just going to be like, well, why can't I shoot production with my, just a weight on the gun? Cause that's the same thing that a light is. There's no difference. So why can't I just have a weight on my gun? And the way the BOD is ruling, they're just going to be like, yeah, that makes sense. We should, we'll just allow weights on guns. So I think you're going to see that um, come about in all the other divisions as well. And maybe that's what I should do. I might, I'll just screw some more weights onto the dust cover, my single stack. Uh, there you go. To make up those extra ounces there. Man, to me, it, it just really feels like to me that the, the organization, is trying to like squeeze out the people that see this as a super competitive sport. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, they definitely, they, I mean, they have definitely shown that their priorities are for uh, getting new shooters in the sport rather than keeping the shooters that have invested in the sport. Because uh, if you've invested in the sport more than, two years ago, then the investments that you made in the sport are becoming obsolete. You need to make new investments in the sport. What you spent your money on is now less valuable than what it was then. Um, and you, it's, and that the problem is it's like every, it's not even every year. It's like every six months they come out with new rules. Like there is, there is no stability in it. Uh, you, you have no idea what they're going to come out with. Uh, and so it's just, it's really hard to want to invest more in the sport, especially equipment wise, because you have no idea. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy this today. Is it going to be worthwhile in six months? Uh, I'm gonna I want to shoot carry optics, but I want to shoot a shadow too. So I'm gonna have to machine the crap out of the slide to get it underweight. Two months later, oh, you don't need to do that anymore. Well, crap! Now I've got this gun that I spent all this money on, and I didn't have to do that. Well, that thanks. That's helpful. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's frustrating. And and then, so the other interesting thing with the flashlights is it has to be a functional light. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, does that mean like if you happen to go to a stage and your battery dies and they go to flip the switch and it doesn't work, are you just are you kicked out of the match? Yeah, that's all, that's have- some pretty gray area there because. I think I shot L10 nationals with a guy that shot with a light on his gun, but uh-huh. it was allowed because it was non-functioning and he just, it was a weight. Right. He was using it as a weight. Uh, he had it packed with lead or whatever and they made, they came up to him and made sure it didn't work. Uh, so now if it has to work, then they come up and they check it and it doesn't work. What are you, I guess it's a weight and you're going to open or you're going to limited. No, I think you're out of the match. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a go to open. I think it's out of the match at that point. 
I could be wrong on that. Um, but I mean, it I would make sense kinda... for him to just bump you to open because that's that's usually yeah. the the answer when you don't meet division rules. You go to open. Uh, yeah, but I think they. Well, I'm not looking at it, but I thought they made this lights were lights across all divisions, which yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it may be a bump to open. Uh, I could be. I just could be wrong on on the on the interpretation of those rules. Who knows how the Who knows how DNROI will interpret the rules? Because uh, yeah. he just kind of throws stuff on the wall and whatever works for him in that moment, he kind of just goes with that. Uh, you know, like I mean, yeah, your components are going to crap out. We've seen how you know it's not on the slide. It's not on what's moving, but like the internal co- uh, components of these lights are not going to handle the abuse that USPSA shooters put on them. Like they're going to get beat up. Um, yeah. It's yeah. just, it, it's just, it, there's such a mess with it that it's like, they clearly did not put any thought into it. it. I mean, if they put thought into it, then we don't have real smart people uh, making these decisions. It's either that, like either they, either they put thought into it and they're just ignorant or they just didn't put any thought into it. And I, that sounds really, that sounds probably, pretty mean and judgmental, but that's what it appears to be from this side. Um, and, yeah. in, and to be in all fairness to, to everybody, we did invite an AD to come on, uh, and have this conversation with us. Um, and, and they didn't want to come on the show. Um, so we, we tried to at least give opportunity for the other side of this to have a voice. Um, but didn't. Yeah. Happen. I would have liked to have somebody come on that, would take the other side of these arguments, but couldn't find somebody because everybody hates. Them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I've reached out to lots of people to see who who thought the, these are good rules, and and pretty much anybody that I've talked to is like, even like I talked to a guy that's in Revolver. Like I talked to Poji. He's like, I was like, you, do you just don't care because none of this is affects Revolver really? And he's like, no, like if they can just make rules like this willy nilly for the, all the other divisions, then that's really scary. Cause then they can just make rules anytime they want for any division they want. Uh, and they're willing to make these moves. Then what, are, what's next coming down the line? Yeah. Uh, so another, another issue was that like, like Poji was saying, they're just making these rules willy nilly without, without any, uh, any asking or, or polling of the membership, uh, anything like that. It's just like, it was out of the blue, man. Out of the blue, we just get these rules. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's strange. And very, it is very strange. frustrating. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I'll i say this, like, and may, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm making a, too much of a reach here, but I don't think that I am. Uh, and that I'm going to guess that almost every person on the board uh, voted Republican in this last presidential election. I'm going to guess not many of them, if any of them voted for Biden. Um, But the way that they are running this business very much reflects the the way the liberals want to run this country because the liberals want to just, I mean, you've seen how Biden has just, he's signed what over 50 uh, what do you call those things? Um, executive orders. Ex- yeah, he signed over fifty executive orders. I think like the most any president before him. I think Obama signed like eight, and we thought that was crazy. They, so like obviously, like the liberals love to just pass out new laws and new rulings just 
willy nilly without actually input from the gov- from the the people that actually put them in office. They clearly the liberals love to, and I don't mean to make this a political podcast, but we're there. <laughs> yeah, uh, shit, we're there. Uh, the liberals. I don't think we have too many liberals in our audience, so I'm not that worried about it. Uh, if you are liberal and you're voting for liberal, then you probably just don't listen to our podcast because they want to strip everything that this podcast represents. So you can go away. Um, you don't have to go what, away. You don't have to go away. Yeah, you can go away. That's fine. Uh, but no, what do the liberals want to do? They want to get as many people, let as many people into the country as they can. They don't represent the people who actually live in this country. They represent people who don't live in this country. They want as many illegals to come over so that they can vote illegally, vote and keep them in power and keep them in that. So what is what is the USPSA people in power want to do? They want to bring in. They want to appease all the people who aren't in the sport. They want to appease the people who haven't invested in it, who haven't aren't the ones that voted them into office. Uh, rather than going to the people who have been invested in it, who spend the most time on it, who spend the most money on it, and see, hey, what do you guys think is a good direction for this sport? They're trying to make it a good direction for the general public, which that's nonsense. Like we're not a sport for the general public. We can't be we don't have room for growth. Uh I mean there are some places in the country where local matches don't fill up. But if you look at like your major matches, try signing up for one of those late. Like you're not going to get in if it's any kind of decent match um, to the point that a lot of these matches fill up within minutes. Uh, There's not room for this, all this growth that they're talking about. Um, And quite frankly, the growth that they're talking about, those people are shooting one or two matches and they're done. Like, okay, how is that actually beneficial for the sport? That didn't actually do anything other than the president gets to pad his numbers and say, Hey, yeah, we started with this many members and now we've got this many members. Um, but those people aren't invested in the sport and, and I'm sorry, but the people that shoot three or four locals a year, they shouldn't have the same voice as people who their literal lives revolve around this sport. Uh, that you can call me an you can call me an elitist or, or whatever you want, but, Obviously, yeah, you don't. If you shoot three locals a year, four locals a year, uh, then sure you want it easier for your to shoot whatever you gun you want to have. But come on, you don't have anything invested in the sport. Why? I mean, so whoop de do you want it to be like that? Like that would be like okay, we're gonna lower the basketball. Like we don't really care what the NBA guys like. We want the white guys at home, the short white guys at home. And okay, that, that was racist. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Jeff's just turning red, uh, no, but it's, is it racist? If it's, if it's white, if it's against white people, I don't, I don't know. The, I don't understand the rules nowadays. I get uh, what you're saying though. White people can't jump. Exactly. If you want the Jeremy <laughs> reads at home, like I want to be able to dunk a basketball goal and it's not fair that it's 10 foot. So let's put it at eight feet. Cause if it's at eight feet, then I can probably touch it right now. So if I just train just a little bit, then I'll I'll be able to dunk it. And so we're just, I don't care what LeBron James says. Uh, I don't care that he's like, if I can dunk it, then I can be more competitive and that'll be better for me. So let's just move. Let's just lower the goals. Uh, that's what it feels like. Is it, it's like, yeah, we're just going to make it easier for everybody to get in. Um, and this idea that any gun that's ever made needs to have a place in our sport is just stupid. Like 
Name any sport where you don't have to have specialized equipment for if it's a sport. Now, maybe the, the current leadership doesn't want this to be a sport, in which case the current leadership needs to go. Uh, if, if they don't want it to be a sport, then then you are not leading this organization in the correct uh, that, direction. That's kind of that's kind of how I feel that it is that they kind of don't want it to be a sport. Um, yeah, they, it feels like they want to they want to squeeze out the people that take it super seriously. That's that's uh, super seriously. When I say that, I mean people that are super serious about competing. Uh, yeah, they spend a lot of time training, spend a lot of time traveling to matches, and working really hard to win and to compete against the best people in the country. Uh, it's, it feels like they want to squeeze those people out, and they want it to just be more of an every man's hobby. It's a beer pong uh, league. Yeah, I mean that that's what it feels like, and yeah, I just disagree, right? I mean they're the ones running the organization, but. I personally disagree with that. Like, I want this to be a super competitive uh, sport. I want it to be elevated in that sense. Uh, I want it to become more competitive. I want people to come into it and be more serious about it and spend more time uh, getting better at it. I want the, the level of competition to rise. I want it to be, you know, in five years from now, I want the people to be way better than the people that are at the top right now. Yeah. Yeah. If there's 10 guys who can, well, let's actually be more realistic. If there's five guys who can compete for a national title one in, in a given division in a given year, man, how awesome would it be if there were actually like 20 guys that could comp- like how much more interesting is that match when there's 20 guys that can actually compete for it? Yeah. Uh, and that, that's me. I mean, that's what I think would be interesting, but it, it just appears that the, People running this organization do not feel that way because they're not like with the with the light deal. They're just not thinking about the competitive side of the sport. It's just not a consideration, which is frustrating. It's frustrating to me. Yeah, I mean, it is to me, and it and it's it's to the point for me. Like the next time the area four director comes up for re-election, I will not vote for the current area director. It almost does not matter who runs against them. I will vote for somebody else um, because this and so like like if I don't like that's just how it is. Uh, <laughs> and will, it would be it would be the same story if you are in any other area since they voted right. unanimously. It was, it was unanimously that that it voted for that. So like if, if you compare if you care about this being a sport like USPSA being a sport that's a competitive sport that values competition um then i think you then all of the area all of the area directors should have opposition in their next election and the people running against them should get should get a shot at it uh i look forward to area three getting i mean i hope i don't know when that election is i think it's in the fall but i look forward to hopefully matt hopkins winning that uh, i think he yeah. will in a landslide yeah we hadn't talked about that uh matt hopkins is running for area three director so if you're in that area you should vote for matt hopkins yeah um now i will i will say this i think there could have been a solution in that there may uh, you could have made some level one exceptions for these rules you could have said weapon mounted lights are 
permissible at level one in any division. Yeah, yeah. So that so that the people that that have this barrier to entry that they can't like what I don't which having a weapon mount of light, I don't see how like it's a screw to take it off. I don't see how that's a barrier to entry, but anyway, there's this barrier. Apparently, there's this barrier to entry that people aren't shooting matches because they can't have their light on their gun. Just allow them to use it at a level one. Like, who cares? Like, I mean, in all honesty, like sometimes that's what you like. You get it. You get somebody who's at their very first match, and they've basically their friend brought them, and they've got a gun that like it's like. Okay, that that kind of fits here. So go sh- go shoot in this division. Go shoot in this. Uh, you, we'll put you in production because uh, that's where you fit best, and you've got enough mags to do it. So we'll put you in production. No, like it's their first. Like who? Like they're not comp- going to be competitive. Like it's their first match. Anybody that wants to be yeah. competitive at the sport will get equipment that fits the division rules. Um, so like make some level ones exceptions if that's what it's about because. Are you telling me that we can't police it a little bit different at a level two versus a level one? Of course we can. If somebody's spending a hundred, two hundred, well, now it's closer to two hundred dollars for any level two matches. Uh, there's paying that and traveling out of town, getting a hotel to pay for a match that they can't read a rule book and make sure their equipment fits their division. I mean, come on. I think there's, I think there's, there is way. There were smarter ways to allow growth in this sport, especially at the local level without just kind of screwing the whole rest of the sport. Yeah. Um, and it, it just seems like that level of thinking doesn't happen from our leadership currently. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've heard, I've heard the term tossed around a couple time, uh, a couple times talking about, the 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 vision the vision of the organization like i've heard people say that the organization has a vision but it hasn't been shared with the membership which is strange to me very strange which makes me think that it's not something we would like so (laughs) yeah um probably not yeah which further makes me think it it's to to squeeze out the the hyper competitive people in the sport. Yeah, because we're but. the. I mean the the people who are hyper competitive, they're the only ones who are going to get upset or call somebody out on it. Yeah, like yeah. the people that the people that are only involved on a very limited uh, basis. What do they care if it changes? I mean, it's, that's no skin off their teeth. It doesn't change their life in any way. Whereas you have people who are their life is revolves around the sport basically yeah it's a big change for them um and so yeah it, it does seem it, it does seem really weird that that, that there's these, these changes just seem to come down the pipe and there's no like how many poll questions did we have to answer for a nationals survey this year i mean like mm-hmm. it was i mean it, it was tons you're telling me they couldn't have put some sort of poll in there regarding these which again that would only poll the 300 competitors that were at nationals or however many it was uh yeah you know probably through all the nationals you probably had what 600 different competitors at all the nationals it could have been a so, poll for i don't know re-upping your membership or something like that i don't know 
I mean, there's this thing called the internet uh, where like you got Facebook group, like you can create polls on Facebook groups. You can create polls pretty much anywhere, anytime, uh, pretty easily. Email. And like, oh, what? What's the email? Is that, that's not something that would go with a single click to all of your members, would it? That'd be simple. Single click, one click, one click um, survey. It's just, yeah, it, it seems like they don't they don't ask for any input because they don't want it. Uh, and yeah, maybe your observation is right. They don't want it because they know we won't like uh, where it's headed. Um, That's what it feels like to me, man. Yeah. I could be wrong. That's my opinion. Uh, as as is everything that I have said here tonight, it's my opinion. I've noth- stated nothing but facts. Right. <laughs> facts. Hopefully people can hear me laughing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it, it is to me, it's, it is, disapp- it's just disappointing. Uh, cause it does seem like the, the sport that, that I love, uh, and have dedicated a lot of effort, uh, time and money to is seemingly less and less the sport that I first got involved with. Um, yeah. it, it seems there's, there's this watering down of it. Um, that's to me is, is a shame. Cause I think it's a, I think it is a great sport. Um, but it's becoming maybe less. So could be, could be, I mean, I'll, I'll stick with it. See what happens. See where this is going. See what the next round of rule changes is. So, I mean, that's all I'm not, I'm not going to rag on it anymore. I've said what I'm going to say. And now I'm going to get back to shooting and I'm going to shoot. I'm going to enjoy this year and I'm not going to worry about any of it except for magnets because I got to get some. Yeah. Yeah. Except for that money you got to go spend now. Yeah. I got to go get some magnets now. That that will be yeah. right off the bat. That will be necessary. Yep. So. Yep. I agree. Um, so, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, I think this is a kind of a. I don't know. There's a lot of people that feel this equally to us. There are lots of people that seem to be fine with the the changes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have noticed that. And I, I wonder if some of those people haven't necessarily thought of through all the repercussions of some of these. Because, I mean, on on the surface, oh, you'll let people use lights on their guns? Oh, okay, that's, yeah, that's fine. No big deal. Um, but it's, I think there's more, there's more to it than that, as we've already discussed. Uh, so... We have we have discussed it. I feel quite thoroughly. Yeah, if anybody has stuck with us this long, uh, cool. I hope we didn't lose too many of our liberal listeners. Um, I hope. Do you're you not, though? Do you though? I'm I'm actually lying. Uh, <laughs> if you voted for Biden and you listen to the show, you can just stop listening. That's fine. It's okay, um, people. He calls me a liberal too. Well, he calls he calls me all kinds of things. I mean, I mean that we have. If you are liberal, we've got Jeff on the show, and he's here. That's you are his demographic, and so you can keep coming back for Jeff. Um, sometimes people just like something to argue and yell at, and so for the liberal <laughs> people, I'll give them that person. <laughs> all right. Well, I rather enjoyed that podcast. It was fantastic. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will catch y'all at the next one. Peace. Stop recording, damn it.